up world the past first point guard and trail blazers reporter mike richmond you are listening to another episode of locked on blazers part of the locked on podcast network available wherever you get podcasts thanks for making this show your first listen every day free on all platforms five days a week so why not start your day listen to locked on blazers and today you're going to start with a whole bunch of fun I am joined by a first-time guest. Uh, you know him from reading him at Get in the Game 101, his Substack newsletter, and someone who spent 15 years as a video coordinator, among other roles, with the Trailblazers, John Ross. John, thanks for having. Thanks for joining me. Mike, it's, it's great to be here. Um, you may not know this, but uh, one of my roles with the Trailblazers uh, was looking for intel and listening to podcasts. So um is a few years ago as podcast actually locked on was one of the first ones that really started going and uh bill branch called a few of us in who was the assistant general manager and he was like hey with all these podcasts out there now can we start like kind of funneling through them and looking for intel and information and so that kind of became one of my major roles with the blazers was hunting through podcasts as a video coordinator it was easy for me to listen to podcasts while I broke right. down the film and so um i have been listening to your podcast and locked on for several years uh, while I was with the Blazers. So <laughs> did you ever listen to it at like two and a half speed? So you're just like, I got to get it through this shit so I can listen to like, <laughs> uh, well, I listened to most of them at that speed. So there you go. Yeah. I, I was just cruising through, uh, just hunting for little nuggets of information here and there. So yeah, that's funny. I have never talked to any Blazers employee or former Blazers employee I've ever talked to who's listened to the show. They're always like, well, I do listen at one and a half speed. <laughs> like I get, I get through it. I get through it. I think that's anyone in uh, anyone at the PF or anyone at the Rose Garden is uh, they are they are f flying through it. For um, sure. John, it's it's draft season, uh, and you are specializing right now in helping people understand how NBA teams prepare for the NBA draft. Uh, with your class that you're running at the end of the month, uh, Get in the Game 101, June 29th, July 6th. We'll plug this a couple times throughout the show. But in general, uh, and you can go to getinthegame101.substack and, and get all of your, or, or uh, I will put a link to that class right here in, in the episode description. But in today, AJ Griffin, Duke Wing worked out for the Trailblazers. What does that look like? Like when I, when I get to go, I'm media, right? I get in at the last second. AJ Griffin is shooting three pointers around the arc and maybe free throws. He's sweaty and you know, he worked out, but what is an NBA and in a solo workout? What does it look like with the Trailblazers? Yeah. I mean, those, you know, the workouts are, are a very important piece of the puzzle. Um, the one thing NBA teams are always trying to do or not do is like a recency bias. So, right. you know, you're seeing this is the last chance for you to see um, a guy perform and it can really, you know, raise his stock or lower based on how he performs. And that's where you have to weigh, you know, is he just flying from another workout? Is he just flying from seven straight workouts? And so a lot of what you're doing in individual workouts or in group workouts is you're getting to know the player as a person. Right. And that kind of starts as soon as they um, land, land from the plane and someone picks them up. And so, you know, when I was an intern like 15 years ago, one of my main jobs was picking up guys at the airport and driving them to the practice facility. And I got to learn a lot about those guys because I loved the NBA draft ever since I was a kid. And all of a sudden I get to like have these NBA draft prospects in my car. And so I would just pepper them with questions. And, and then when I got back to the facility, I would write these long reports for Kevin Pritchard and Chad Buchanan. And I, I think that's part of why I ended up getting a job with the Blazers is they're like, you get us more intel from these car rides than we got from a whole season of talking to their coaches. And so, yeah, it was just always an interesting time. And then even within that, um, there are certain guys where you kind of get to know 
um, where, you know, you're, you're driving them to their hotel basically to, you know, get a good night's rest before um, their workout the next day. But there were some guys who were like, I want to go into the gym tonight. Um, and so, you know, guys who stood out to me, two in particular, were CJ McCollum and Wesley Matthews. And, you know, Wesley was an undrafted player at the time. But, you know, as soon as I picked him up, we went to CPK and then he's like, I got to go to the gym right now. <laughs> we went to the gym and he went through a full workout the night before um, his workout with the Blazers. And then CJ McCollum was the same, came straight to the gym. Um, he's like, what's the workout going to be tomorrow? And then we went through that whole workout the day before. And so then when he went to the workout the next day, he had already been through that same workout um, the previously. So a lot of with these draft workouts is you're getting to know the player. And then obviously there's interview time. So, you know, for players right now, they're going to be meeting with the Trailblazers front office, sitting around and asking them questions. So some of it is how they perform, but most of it is getting to know them as a person. Yeah, I think some of it is like avoiding getting too much of that recency bias, seeing mm -hmm. someone kill in a workout and just say, okay, but he, you know, he made 80 of a hundred shots in an open gym. Like he lit up, you know, he lit up John out on the court. We sent our video guy out on the court and he kicked John's ass. That's not the same thing as it's going to be. Um, and like, you know, what would you say versus like when, when you guys were preparing uh, and, and you, were you there for the Odin draft? You started in 07? Uh, I, started after the like, Odin draft? I started like two months after that. So Okay, so just after the Odin draft. So yeah. when you guys were preparing starting in 08, uh, what does like, how much would you say is film and all of the stuff you've done prior to this stage and how much is of the iceberg is this, this workout season? Yeah, so I mean, there's a lot of different pieces to it. So like me as a video coordinator and I specialized in the draft and personnel, and so from the beginning of the season, I was breaking down college film on these players. So, you know, the Blazers at the beginning of the season, they'll have like, you know, their top 200, 300 guys that we're tracking for the season. And yeah. you had kind of have those in tiers, you know, one through eight. And then as the season going, you're, you start to see like, oh, we're probably going to be drafting in two tier two, tier three. And you can really target in on those players like, hey, let's make sure we get all the conference games um, of those guys, all the tournament games. And so, you know, you'll have basically about a season on the guys that you're targeting. And then meanwhile, obviously, the scouts, assistant GM, GM, are, they're flying around the country and the world watching these players live. You have your international scout. Um, you have your analytics guys breaking down analytics. So there's all these different parts um, kind of moving, starting, you know, starting before the season starts, starting the summer with all the international tournaments and everything. And then you know, we're collecting that information on a database throughout the year. And then once the season is complete, depending on how far you go in the playoffs, a couple months before the draft is when everyone gets really serious about the draft and you start sitting in the theater as a staff and going through prospects. So like, you know, with us, we would pick maybe six or seven players from the same position. Like maybe we're looking at wings and we'd watch them all on the same day. And we go through 30, 40 minutes of film on each. And then you have you know, the scouts who are close with their coaching staff or they're going to be sharing intel. Then you have, you know, your analytics guys going, here's what it looks analytically. Here's how we project them. And so it's kind of just a meeting of the minds um, going through these players as, you know, as we shift the rankings. And so all that's happening up until the draft workouts and then the draft workouts, you're, you're hoping just confirm what you've already put your work into um, or, you know, or maybe you find something new that causes you to move them up or down at that, that time. Do you recall one that like significantly changed, maybe not your opinion, but the sort of group's opinion on, on a guy? Um, I mean, I think, you know, one of the most 
the best workout I was ever at was Damian Lillard's. Like, okay, yeah. Not only, obviously, we tracked him. We tracked him. Actually, this, I mean, this is an interesting story. A couple years before, when he wasn't even on the radar, uh, Mike Bourne, one of the old Trailblazer scouts, yeah, sent me an email. He's like, "Hey, there's this this young kid at Weber State. You think you could get some film on him for us?" And this is like, I mean, this this ages me a bit, but we were using like DVDs back then. So like, I reached out to Weber State video coordinator, asked him if I could get some film. And so, you know, they were shipping us DVDs of Dame um, from the time he was like a sophomore. So we we were tracking him for um, a couple years. And so and then, you know, we everybody liked him. And obviously we made the transition from um, Chad to Neil during that time. But obviously right. Neil liked him as well. Um, and then he came into his workout and just like, I mean, like you said, like any anybody can come in and hit 80 percent of shots on a video coordinator or against anybody. But like yeah. Dame <laughs> and it hit like 99 percent, like he might have missed two shots the whole day. And, you know, there was just a certain, you could, everything he became, like you could see in knew. that workout, like it confirmed that like, this guy's got it all, the leadership, the charisma, the athletic ability, like it was just a confirmation of everything. Yeah, he, it's funny. I remember uh, in Summer League, they were like, Damian Lillard has shades of Derrick Rose and everyone's like, slow down, slow down. And now it's like, Dame's just been better than Derrick Rose. Like it's like he was he, maybe like obviously Rose's career went a little bit sideways, but it's like yeah. yeah, it's like early on, right away. The two games, you know, um, I forget the guy he dunked on at Keith Benson. Is that the guy from the Bobcats that he just yeah. absolutely crammed on at Summer League? And it's like, oh no, Keith. <laughs> I'm yeah, so, I'm, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Um that dates me a little bit is that I could easily remember a summer league game from 2012. Like I could just, that's just right there in my, in, right there in my wheelhouse. Uh, I want to ask you a couple, um, a couple more questions about how this, how this works, what goes on behind, uh, behind closed doors. We'll do that in a second segment. Today's show is brought to you by bet online, more lines, more props, more odds than ever before. If you want to bet on the NBA finals, you'll find Pre-game odds, in-game odds, live betting, player props, team props, whatever you might want. If you want to bet on the NHL playoffs, you still got time to do that. You want to bet on domestic soccer? You can do that with the MLS and the NWSL. You can bet on boxing. You can bet on the MMA. You can bet on tennis. You can bet on golf. Whatever it might be, you're going to find it on Bet Online. So don't wait. Take advantage today. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, still chatting here with former Blazers video coordinator John Ross, turned writer on the internet, writing about how to work in the NBA and how it all works in the NBA as well at Get In The Game 101. It's a Substack newsletter you can subscribe to right now if you want. John, you told us about the like legendary Damian Lillard workout. Uh, when you're building your draft book, like... When, if if someone pops for you, how does it work in the Blazers organization that you, from the, the sort of video draft side, can say, hey, this is someone who should be bumped up from, say, tier four to tier two? Like, what, what, is, what does that process look like? Yeah, so, I mean, that happened across the board, you know, with various scouts or video coordinators or analytics where, you know, we would see a guy like for me, it was breaking down film. So I watch a lot of film and I might see a guy on I'm tracking a guy on one team, but I see someone on the other team. I go, you know, we we need to have an eye on this guy um, where the analytics guys are running their their stats. And they go, oh, this guy projects to be X, Y, Z. And so, you know, within that kind of the model was 
a lot of us, you know, we all sit together. There's a lot of collaboration within the staff. And so you might like for me as a video guy, I sat next to uh, Zach Williams, who ran the analytics team. And so yeah. we would talk about players. And, you know, if he saw someone, he, hey, hey, John, can you run a few games on this guy so we can add it to the database? Or if I saw a guy I'd be like, hey, can you run the analytics numbers on this guy? And then eventually, you know, once you're together as a staff, um, you know, I might hit up, you know, Bill Branch or Joe Cronin at the time and go like, hey, you should watch this guy. Just put some some film on for you guys. And so one thing that like, you know, Neil and Bill and, you know, before that, Chad, KP, they were always, you know, they'd have their iPads and basically I'd be loading film onto their iPad of clips and, and things that they should watch. So while they were traveling to games, they could also watch, you know, the previous two to three games. But, you know, obviously they're not going to have six hours to sit there and watch film on a player, but right. I could watch six hours and compartmentalize it into a 20 minutes. And, you know, within that, I'm going to kind of give a game flow of what they should look at, but also like the things that are going to translate to the NBA, which, you know, the one thing I always say is like the NBA is now a pick and roll game. So like 90% of plays have a pick and roll in them. So you want to see at the college level, how does a guy uh, run a pick and roll? Does he pick and pop? Can he post? Uh, and defensively, you know, are they able to switch? How do they move their feet? So like everything is just pick and roll related. So, you know, a lot of it is heavy scouting on that. How much did that change from 2008 to 2021, 2022? Like, oh, in the, yeah. It, yeah, it changed a lot. Like, you know, at that point, there was still a lot of, you know, back to the basket bigs and a lot of yeah. post up game. And that's pretty much completely irrelevant now. Yeah, um, very, very rare. Yeah. So, you know, you went from looking for, you know, a four who like even, you know, the Blazers when they, you know, passed on Kenneth Reed was like a big deal, you know, and it's like he was a perfect four back then, an offensive rebounding monster. And within a few years, he was phased out of the league. Yeah, he and was like so, a, he was a five and then he was an unplayable type like that. That yeah, prototype didn't exist. Exactly. So the game, it, I mean, it changed a lot. I mean, I'd say uh, credit to Steph and to Dame for a lot of that. Like once guys started shooting from 35 feet and they needed more space and the NBA changed some rules to open up the game. And all of a sudden, you know, guys like Brooke Lopez are shooting 10 threes a game and it's like everything changed. So for guys like Dame, CJ, they come in the building and they work out, you see him work out. How do you get a guy like in the situation like Nazir Little, where he was five or whatever, he was projected to go in the top, you know, eight or whatever, eight to 15 range. He was probably in the pretty high up on your tiers. And then all of a sudden he's available at 24. He didn't work out for the Blazers in person. How does that, obviously you, you build the books, you're, you're watch a lot of film on him, but how does that decision-making go on draft night? Yeah. I mean, that was an interesting one at the time, you know, obviously you have your, your tiers of players and where you have them ranked um, going into the draft. Um, him and Keldon Johnson were two players that like, we did not expect to be there at that place. And, you know, that's where you have to weigh out. Like, are you going to draft the player who you've met with and who was at a workout? Or do you take the guy who you had higher on your board, who you think has a lot of upside. And, you know, in that case, we felt like Nasir had the, the most upside and was the best prospect on the board at that position. So, but that was one of those you know, going into a draft, uh, we watch a lot of film um, the days leading up to the draft. And then, you know, the day before is when like Mr. Allen would come into town. And so we'd do a whole video session with Mr. Allen, same as the day of the draft, we would still be going through film. And, you know, as Nasir was dropping, he's someone who were like, you know, let's put up some more film on him and let's, let's, let's keep diving into him. Is there, is there something, you know, 
we haven't seen yet or we we need to see. And so um, we're kind of doing our homework on him up until the the time we picked him. Is that a type of thing where you think, what do they know that we don't? Or are you thinking like, hell yeah, keep dropping, keep dropping? Yeah. I mean, yeah, keep dropping. We like, you know, you're still going to, even though maybe you didn't have him in for a workout, you're still going to have a lot of intel on him. Um, the scouts would have already done their homework on, you know, everybody who's in the top 60. And so you're going to, you're going to have a good background on him already. Um, so yeah, there was no concerns with him. It was more of a, and even like him dropping, it was a surprise, but also, you know, he was a backup in college and there was a lot of uh, mystery around, you know, what he projected to be. And so, you know, there was reasons why he was falling. Uh, when we talk to GMs, they're always like, oh, it's, it's collective. It's collective. You know, everyone, everyone gets to have a say. Uh, I don't think that's how it worked with the Blazers. <laughs> just, just knowing what I know, um, how much, how much input does, you know, as you work your way down the ladder, how much input typically you can talk generally, you don't need to, we don't need to light anyone on fire yeah. here. Um, but like generally how much of it is, how much does the room get a say? Um, I'd say, you know, I, I had the privilege, I guess, I mean, I guess of working for five different general managers. Right. Um, so a lot of different experiences. And I'll say this, there was general managers um, who would come to me and ask my opinion on players, even also, like Kevin Pritchard, even when I was yeah. an intern, he, he came to me, you know, I'd only been there a few months, so I had no clue what I was doing yet. And he came to me and he goes, he's like, who are you watching? Who do you like? And I told him, I was like, uh, bottom. And he was like, bottom. I was like, yeah, bottom from France. He goes, Nicholas Batum. I was like, yeah, that guy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he was someone who, uh, you know, asked a lot of questions and, and things. And, you know, obviously there's different management styles. Uh, some some kind of did their thing. And my role was just to provide them with game film. And so, uh, yeah. And then within that, like I kind of had to get to know the GM I was working for, where, like I said, some of them wanted to they knew I was watching a bunch of film and wanted to know my opinion. And some of them could care less about my opinion. And in that way. I had to give them the specific video I wanted to watch so that they, to help them think like me per se of like, here's sure. this game, you should watch this game. Here's some things I saw. And so those were kind of my ways. If a, if a GM <laughs> didn't want to ask my opinion, I would try to, to get it in there, but that's kind of, you know, each, each GM and organization is different. Um, some are more collaborative than others. Um, but within that, you know, whatever someone's role is, they're going to try to like, you know, get their point across in, in some way to, to the decision maker. Sure. I, I want to ask you about, you're teaching a class on how NBA teams prepare. I want to ask you a little bit about that. And, you know, frankly, how NBA teams prepare. We'll do that uh, to close the show. Today's show is brought to you by Sakara. Sakara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. Sakara gives you the tools you need to transform your life with organic, ready-to-eat meal delivery program that is focused on functional wellness essentials. Their nutritionally designed, chef-crafted breakfasts, lunches, and dinners are made with powerful plant-rich ingredients, helping boost your energy, support your digestion, curb your sugar cravings, and get your skin glowing. Plus, it's all delivered right to your door, ready to eat. Right now, 
Sakara is offering my listeners 20% off your first order when you go to sakara.com slash locked on 20 or enter the code locked on 20 at checkout. That's Sakara, S A K A R A dot com slash locked on 20 to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash locked on 20. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked On Blazers. Still chatting here with John Ross, former Blazers video coordinator and a writer at Get In The Game 101 on Substack. Uh, John, you're teaching a class here at the end of the month, June 29th through July 6th. Uh, link in the episode description to that class about how teams prepare for the NBA draft. What can people expect when, they're, when, when they sign up for that class? Yeah, well, actually, um, the draft course we're doing is right now. So we're... We're in the midst of six weeks of an NBA draft cohort. And basically, we've had a, a lot of guests on there who were former NBA coaches, trainers, um, probably a lot of people, uh, you know, associated with, with the Blazers who I've worked with in the past who kind of been, you know, just a peek behind the, the scenes. It's, it's more about like process and they're learning how do NBA teams operate? How do they build a big board? And then within that, we have, you know, the students in the class, um, there's, 30 of them and they're in teams of five and then they're going to have their, their own little front offices. And then at the end of the course, um, we'll have our own draft. And so, uh, yeah. And then, uh, you know, my next course, the one you mentioned, well, you know, first of all, I, you know, this all kind of came out of nowhere. I, you know, if you don't mind me. Talking, oh, please. Yeah. 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 Um, like I started writing a, a couple of years. I've always loved to write, but a couple of years ago, um, I put a blog into the, the world that was like, three ways to get an MBA job. And, you know, it got, you know, 20 plus thousand views. And it's like, oh my goodness. And so I wrote another one, like how to keep an MBA job and how to get an MBA internship. And, you know, those started kind of gaining some traction. And so then that's when I kind of put it all together um, into like a website and everything. And then um, in January was when I got fired from the Blazers. And so I didn't know if I wanted anything to do with basketball. I, I honestly still don't <laughs> know where my space in in basketball is um but at the same time uh you know i was i really enjoy helping young people that was part of my role with the blazers was hiring new interns and looking for video guys looking for basketball operations interns and um ben falk who you may yeah. have known who was one of our analyst guys he's you know a good friend of mine and so we were kind of brainstorming different things that i i could do and he's like you know what's what's your expertise in the MBA? And like, the more I thought about it, I was like, my expertise is helping people get jobs. How to um, survive. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, and that's one, yeah, I mean, I survived for five GMs, didn't make it yeah. to the, through the last one, but I got to five, um, had a great career with the Blazers. And, and along the way I was, I had built up enough, you know, reputa reputation in the NBA to where I could call another team's video coordinator or assistant GM and get someone a job. I, I right. kind of know, like, if the Blazers aren't looking for this type of person, like, I know I can get them a job somewhere else. And so, um, yeah, I just started, you know, giving tips and tricks. And then, um, you know, after I got fired from the Blazers, kind of, you know, whirlwind of, you know, oh, my goodness, what what's next? What do I want to do with my life? I um, I ended up going to Romania and Ukraine, um, worked in a refugee camp out there for a while. And oddly enough, it was while I was out there, I was like, oh, I should do a Zoom course and, and help kids who want to, you know, learn about the NBA draft. So then I came back to the States, uh, put that together. And um, yeah, the course has gone great. So then decided to do another one. So the one you mentioned, that's a two week course, which is going to kind of unpack the summer. Um, okay, of, yeah. Of of player development and summer league. How does a summer league roster get built? How do 
Um, strength coaches, medical staff work with players in the offseason. So um, Bobby Medina, who uh, some of you might know from the Seattle Sonics and the Blazers, cur currently University of Washington, he's going to help run that with me. And we're going to get some some other player development coaches uh, from the NBA. Just same thing. It's just kind of a, a peek behind the curtain of, of how do these things operate? And then within that, uh, most of the, the students in the class are, are G college DA, student managers or MBA interns who are just you know, looking for, for more information, more ways to grow. And then we're also going to do like a, a one night class of how to approach summer league. So all these young people who are going to summer league, hoping to get a job or an internship, but have no clue how to talk to anybody or what to do. Um, we're going to have like a, a course where, you know, they can come and, and talk to people like myself and others who, who were those same people who went to summer league, hoping to get a job and got one. And now, you know, they can help pass that on. So um, those are the things, the things we're doing with, with our courses. And then, yeah, on the site, I just, you know, write articles about either how to get a job in the NBA or occasionally I, I throw in some, some trailblazer experience or nuggets or my thoughts on ownership or things. Yeah. Like you recently wrote a story about a uh, potential new ownership and the importance yeah. and excitement around that, um, which I, I recommend uh, readers check out again. I, I will link to the, I'll link to the course, link to the website uh, in the episode description for this one. Uh, before you get out of here, the rep for Joe Cronin is that he's someone who likes to take risks in the draft. Um, you might not know who he's going to draft, and that's not what I'm asking you. I'm asking you, how much stock do you put in to guys who've come in? Benedict Mathrin's come in. Jalen Duren's come in. Uh, AJ Griffin came in today. This is, uh, you're listening to Friday, June 10th show, but on Thursday, June 9th, AJ Griffin from Duke worked out for the Trailblazers. Is this, is this worth reading into? Does this matter? Um, no, I would say my man, <laughs> no, none of that matters. One, I'll say Joe Cronin is someone who does his homework. So I know that he's been tracking those guys, not just this year, but for years. And so that's the same thing. Like they're already going to know where they have those guys ranked and whether they want to even let's say, and I don't know, but like, let's say they already planned on trading the pick. They're still going to have those guys in just so they can get to know them. And so <laughs> Because the more guys you're, you're able to get in and get to know, that helps you future. Like if you want to trade for that player, if you want to sign them as a free agent, you've already spent time with them personally that you're not going to get over the next few years. So you're going to bring in as many high caliber, caliber players as you can get into your, your office. And Or, you know, Joe, I've seen he's flown out to some private workouts. You're going to right. go to every private workout you can get into. And so – does it hold weight that a player came or didn't come? Not really at all, because sometimes teams will also, you know, smoke screen and not bring exactly. a player in who they want. So that, that stuff uh, holds very little weight. Yeah. I, I, I thought you were going to say that because in my experience around it, there was a while where uh, for in, during the Olshay years where he, it, he brought everybody he drafted, he had brought in. Like that was like an important kind of part of his process. Mm -hmm. And then it, it went away. Like at the end of his, at the end of his, tenure, the guys who he was drafting guys who hadn't worked out for him. Um, yeah. So it was like, okay, I used to be like a data point. I would make a list of every single person who mm -hmm. worked out for the Blazers. And I would kind of circle who I thought was in the range and say, he's going to draft one of these seven dudes. And I would like, that would be in my notebook. And I was right. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was correct uh, a couple times. And then it, it the things kind of changed at the end of, uh, at the end of the Olshea run. Uh, I yeah, wonder... I'll, I'll just say like, yeah, Neil did operate a little different. He, he, like Kevin Pritchard, Chad Buchanan, they would bring like 200 guys in. Yeah. And then Neil really honed in on, he was more about like efficiency of like, who are the guys we're targeting? That's who we're going to like focus on. 
um, where, you know, Kevin and Chad were more of like, let's get to know all of these guys and as much as possible. And so, yeah, I mean, and it'll be interesting to see where, you know, Joe Cronin falls in that because he also worked for all of those. So, you know, he's going to have right. his own style and brand. But I mean, a funny little story with uh, Kevin Pritchard. Um, so one thing he would do is he'd bring in guys for secret workouts that he didn't want the media in on. I don't know how much you guys knew about that, but it's like we would do a full workout of six guys. And then, you know, a half hour later after the media left, he would bring in one other guy because, you know, he didn't want everyone to know, especially like with international players. So one right. time, uh, you know, we, we brought in Serge Ibaka mm-hmm. and, and I don't think, you know, the media, it was, it was a post-workout. And then after, after the workout, they were like, hey, John, can you take him over to Bridgeport Village to watch a movie? And I was like, you, th- you think people aren't going to notice Serge Ibaka in Bridgeport <laughs> Village? But um, yeah, it's just interesting seeing the different styles of, of how the workouts operate. Yeah, for me, it's like, um, you know, I, I, I know Joe a little bit just from being around the team for a while, but I don't know him. Like I, I got a, I had a pretty good read on Neil by the end. Also, he's just like a guy who talks a lot. So you could, if you talk to him, he would share with you things. Um, and Joe isn't that way. He's much mm-hmm. more guarded, much more private, um, much more calculated. And so like, I, I want to see him do stuff so I can start to get an idea of how he yeah. operates. Like for me, it's, you know, I'm, I'm curious what happens with the Blazers or whatever, but just like for my own kind of how to read the tea leaves moving forward. I want to see what Joe does. The thing is, he's just going to trade the pick and I won't know. I won't, we won't know what he's going to do mm-hmm. because yeah. it's, it's like I, draft Joe so we can learn. <laughs> That's yeah. all I ask. And as you know, where the Blazers are drafting, honestly, it's going to be hard to get a read on how he operates as a GM. Totally. Because I like, if he was in the top, if he was in the top, it would be easier. If he was a little bit further back, maybe it'd be easier. Mm-hmm. But they're in this like that swing period. I think like seven to 15, seven to 18 in this draft is super flat. There are so many guys who could go in that, that sure. pick range. Yeah. yeah. Um, anything else you want to plug before we get out of here? No, nah, I appreciate it. You already plugged me a few times. I appreciate hey, it. Hey, this is what we do here. I appreciate <laughs> you giving me the time. So, uh, For sure. uh, Check out Getting the Game 101 on Substack. Uh, Find the links to it in the episode description. And uh, John, thanks so much for joining us. Mike, great to be here. Uh, Dear listeners, come back next week. Kristen Peake of Yahoo Sports, a draft analyst, is going to join the program. We'll talk all about what Kristen has seen on out there in draft world as she has been all over the NBA combine and everywhere else finding out the latest intel. Make sure you join that one. We got other interviews lined up next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. Five days a week, wherever you get podcasts. Join us. Tell your friends to do the same. Make it your first listen. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.